Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we are going to be looking at some of Vice News' best or worst, depending on how you look at it, pieces. And one male to female trans athlete is begging, pleading to be allowed to compete against biological females after a recent bill in Idaho banned trans athletes from women's sports. So recently, it was announced that a huge round of layoffs would be hitting digital media companies, including, unfortunately, heartbreakingly, Vice News. If you guys have seen the show before, you'll know that Vice is one of my personal favorites and that I think they are always good for a laugh. But we have this piece from Variety describing what's happening. So apparently, Vice Media Group, which includes Refinery29, is laying off 155 employees or more than 5% of its total worldwide headcount in response to revenue. Revenue declines stemming from the pandemic. Vice's digital teams will apparently be disproportionately affected by the layoffs. Currently, the company's digital organization accounts for 50% of headcount costs, but only brings in about 21% of the revenue. This is interesting to me since the whole shutdown has happened and the economy has taken a downturn. We've seen that a lot of writers, journalists, uh, general verified Twitter accounts have pretty much told anyone who wants the economy to reopen that they want to kill grandmothers, right? And I think part of that is due to the fact that their jobs have largely until now been safe. But now that we're seeing these layoffs happening, I wonder if perhaps some of them will be changing their tune since it's their jobs that have been nixed. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, before we go any further with the story, though, I do want to tell you guys about Bull and Branch. We spend about a third of our lives sleeping in bed, uh, so we shouldn't have to settle for scratchy, uncomfortable bedding. Check out Bowling Branch for some of the softest, highest quality sheets imaginable, as well as pillows and towels and all kinds of comfortable things for your home. Thanks to being available online, BowlingBranch.com is open for business, still shipping their sheets, pillows, and more. Fast and free anywhere in the USA. If you've never tried their sheets or down pillows, they will blow you away. And by blow you away, I mean send you to sleep, of course. Bowl and Branch is still offering their 30-day guarantee. If you don't love them, you can return them for a full refund. That's how great they are. Remember, you'll only find Bowl and Branch sheets online. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com. Use the code CHEN and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Again, shipping is fast and free. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. These are the sheets that my family uses. And guys, they are so soft. You'll swear you were sleeping on tape bears. They are that good. So check them out. All right. So when it comes to these layoffs, of course, since we're kind of in an economic recession right now, I don't want to make light of the fact that people have lost their jobs, jobs that probably aren't going to be coming back anytime soon, if at all. So the people affected by this, they're they're likely going to be in some hard financial times going forward. And I, I don't want to make light of that. That's serious. And I feel for them. But at the same time, if we look at the kind of content that Vice, specifically, you know, digital Vice, is putting out, as unfortunate as this is for the employees who were let go, I can't say that it's surprising. So I thought, you know, in memoriam, in honor of these jobs, we would be looking, we're going to be looking at some of the pieces that I think kind of kind of were red flags along the way that might have been a sign that this was coming. So we have this piece that came out not, not too long ago. Apparently, this crack reporting, white supremacists have a new code for the N-word. 
It's Jogger, a direct reference to the death, death of Ahmed Aubrey, the young black man who was shot dead in February while he was running in a suburban neighborhood in Georgia. So I love pieces like this, and we see them pretty often from left-wing outlets, places like Vice or Vox. They try to, I guess, hang out on 4chan to see what the, the extreme right is doing, which I think is a good idea. In theory, you want to know what the opposition or what other viewpoints are up to. But they are so out of it that they always read it wrong. Like, why why they think Jogger is a replacement for the N-word particularly, I, I do not know. But let's continue reading. They've celebrated Aubrey's death in the worst place on the internet and turned his killers, a retired cop and his son, into white supremacist folk heroes. Over recent years, online extremists have been constructing a shared private language that they use to dog whistle in public online arenas without having to worry about getting banned for hate speech. Jogger is just the latest example. Or I'm sorry, I guess I shouldn't be using the hard R. Let's see, Jogger. In recent days, white supremacists have posted Jogger under pictures of Obama or articles about crime involving African-Americans. There's a meme circulating of a black man running with the words, Joggers will be shot. The McMichaels, meanwhile, have been called white heroes on 4chan. All right, so what's happening here is that people online are pushing back against the narrative that Aubrey was just a jogger. So they're using it to replace the word criminal uh, Some or I guess, especially applying to groups like maybe African-Americans that the media have a vested interest in protecting or maybe sort of glossing over the truth of to say that this is specifically a white supremacist whistle or replacement for the N-word. I've not seen any any proof of that, but I, I'm betting that what's going to happen in the next few weeks is that other media outlets are going to catch on to this and then like the OK hand signal or maybe like clowns or Pepe, this is going to become sort of a, a left wing boogeyman for these people. They're going to start seeing the word jogger everywhere and accusing everyone who uses it of being a white supremacist, which is going to make me laugh, but laugh, but it's probably not the best, uh, best thing for what little remaining credibility they have. But we continue. Uh, we also have this piece here. This bug's life fleshlight could be yours for just $2,000. And if you're listening to us on one of the audio-only platforms, by the way, we are available on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. We have here a little photo of, a, yeah, a Bugs Life flashlight. It's actually quite a good likeness. I don't have any commentary for this piece. Just wanted wanted to share it with you. This is something that Vice News has put out, and uh, we are continuing. Apparently, coronavirus is exposing how the healthcare system neglects LGBTQ patients. This article says that research shows that 37% of queer and trans individuals report being daily smokers as opposed to just 27% of non-LGBTQ people. LGBTQ people are also 50% more likely to have asthma. Both of these groups, smokers and individuals with a history of respiratory ailments, are among those most profoundly impacted by coronavirus. Uh, the HRC also known that LGBTQ people are more likely than the average person to lack health insurance with 17% uninsured versus about 8.5% of Americans in general. So this is a piece that's interesting to me and pretty representative of why so many people are frustrated with these left-wing publications, right? So what we can see here is that LGBT people, unfortunately, are more likely to be I'm guessing because of their own choices, parts of groups that are disproportionately affected by something like the pandemic, right? More likely to be smokers, more likely to have asthma, uh, more likely to not have health insurance. So what these people, these identitarians have done because they're obsessed with 
victimhood and trying to make uh, LGBT, LGBT people into eternal victims if they, is that they're now saying that the healthcare system is just neglecting LGBTQ patients as if the reason that these patients are being hospitalized at greater rates is specifically because they're LGBT, not because they're smokers who have asthma. You see that there's a huge difference there. But instead of talking about, hey, guys, how can we stop LGBT people from smoking because it's not good for you? They're painting this whole thing as, yeah, just another example of how society is alienating, oppressing and marginalizing LGBT people. You hate to see it, but we see it constantly. And this is actually my favorite, and I think it's one of the funniest ones. People of color experience climate grief more deeply than white people, according to Vice. The article itself is actually worse than the headline, if you can believe it. They say, people of color are not only disproportionately affected by the climate crisis, but we carry a pain that comes from a long history of racial terror. When the wildfires hit Australia last year, B. Cruz was horrified at the sight of the red sky, the black ash falling like snow, and the smoke choking the whole East Coast. Tim Poole has mentioned this before, but I feel like so many of these, like, these writers, these journalists wanted to become authors, and you can see it in the way they write their articles. Like, you don't need to write like this. It's not prose. It's just, just tell me what's happening. That's what news is. The fires were a direct reminder of the British genocide against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, Islander people like her, and the tearing of them from country and their traditional ways of land management. In an article for Vox Cruz, oh, we're a jury... Gameroroy and Monaru Yuen storyteller, I am absolutely sure I've butchered those, told me we see and feel the spirit of our animals and our land. They are our ancestor spirits. We don't own country. Country owns us. We come from her to protect her. When country hurts, we hurt. When our animals, our spirit cousins cry, we cry. What Cruz was describing was climate grief, a psychological phenomenon that affects Black and Indigenous peoples and other people of color in uniquely devastating ways. What's so interesting to me about this whole piece is that it, it falls prey to the gosh, what's it called? The noble savage trope, which is actually seen as a racist stereotype against non-white people. The idea that all non-white people somehow have a deeper spiritual connection to the land that's just bullcrap. Like, I can see if you were actually raised in an indigenous culture, like, this person seems to be, uh, you know, part of your culture and even your your faith might be based on a relationship to nature. But if you're just, like, your average African-American, this doesn't apply to you, right? It would be really racist for me to go up to a black person just, like, in New York or New Jersey and say so climate change must really be like weighing on your soul right because of your deep spiritual connection to the earth as a as a black person could like who would say who would say that nobody like a racist would say that that's exactly what this piece is so anyone can experience climate grief regardless of their identity but for us our grief and our anger is rooted in centuries of painful history and the current ecological violence hurled at our communities there's more to this terrible piece but before we do i want to talk to you guys about let's get checked so let's get checked is an at-home testing service that lets anyone monitor their health from home without ever leaving the house one of the tests they recommend all men consider 
are their male hormone tests. So did you know that healthy sperm counts have dropped 50% in the last 40 years? Globally, men are producing less testosterone and experiencing hormonal imbalances. As a result, the only way to find out if this is happening to you is to get checked. We recommend the Male Hormone Advanced Test. It's their most comprehensive test and tracks five biomarkers, including testosterone, uh, prolactin, estrogen, and the free androgen index. Just go to trylgc.com slash Lauren and find the Male Hormone Advanced Test. They'll deliver the Male Hormone Test Kit in discreet packaging. All of their tests look exactly like this. I've done one myself. My family has tried them super easy to use. Uh, you provide a small sample, send it to one of their accredited labs. Everything you need to send it back is included and you get your results back in just two to five days. And the coolest part, in my opinion, is you can even speak with a nurse practitioner about your results and get a prescription over the phone from them if necessary, all included in the price of the test. Everything is confidential and they will never sell your information. So get an additional 20% off your cart with the offer code Lauren20. Again, go to trylgc.com slash Lauren. That's trylgc.com slash Lauren. All right. Uh, now, let us continue through this headache of an article. It says, just like other stressors that people of color experience, ecological, group, ec ecological grief is often maligned, said Dr. Tiffany Dent, a licensed psychologist and author, in an interview. People of color know society is going to make sure we're impacted first and impacted the hardest, Dent said. Look, Recently, I think it was actually yesterday, if you're watching this episode, the first day it comes out, CNN did a whole special about uh, race and coronavirus. And I, I posted on social media that this is exactly why people hate CNN. And in response, I had all of these other folks saying, what's wrong with talking about race? Why are you right-wingers and conservatives so upset by the fact that people talk about race? And I'm sure some people might respond that way too, as well to me pointing out this article. And it's I talk about race all the time on this show. I don't think it's a big deal. I think we should be comfortable talking about race. Talking about race is not what upsets and frustrates people. Race baiting, trying to make identity politics and racial politics a larger part of the public discourse. That's what frustrates people, trying to paint all black people as victims, white people as oppressors. That's what frustrates people. And that is exactly the type of coverage we see all the time from places like Vice News. So again, I'm not trying to laugh over these lost jobs because I know it's a serious thing, especially right now, but this shouldn't be surprising to people. Look at this quality of material that's coming out. I, I definitely think anyone can publish whatever type of content that they want. And, uh, you know, it's not really my place to judge if other people want to consume it, but no one wants to consume this, right? We, No one needs more whiny progressive liberals trying to make everything out into another case of why the bad cisgender white person is twirling their mustache while trying to hold down non-white women, LGBT people, etc. So we're, we're sick of it, okay? This is 2020. This is just could go back to 2016. In my opinion, we're going to be seeing more layoffs like this going forward. And again, sad for the individuals, but I'm not going to cry over the outlet losing staff members because I, I think this is pretty well deserved. Moving on though, uh, 
The ability for trans athletes, specifically male to female athletes to compete against biological females has been a controversial debate, but now in light of a new bill from Idaho barring trans athletes from competing against women, one trans athlete has taken to Teen Vogue, one of my other favorites, uh, to tell the world why this bill is evil and oppressive and just plain wrong. So they write, the NCAA requires women who are transgender like me to complete 12 months of hormone therapy to suppress testosterone as part of their gender transition before competing. I was already doing this because I needed it for my health and I knew by the start of my sophomore year, I would be ready to compete again when eligible in the fall of 2020. And then something devastating happened. Earlier this year, Idaho legislators introduced HB 500, which not only banned trans girls and women from competing on their school teams, but also exposed all girls and women to invasive, intrusive genital testing if anyone challenges their gender. I joined activists and community members in speaking out against the bill at the state house, but it passed anyway. On the eve of March 31st, Trans Visibility Day, Governor Brad Little signed the bill into law. That meant I could no longer try out for the Boise State track or cross-country teams or participate on any of my university's sports teams even club or intramural ones. Okay, first of all, Trans Visibility Day is not like Christmas, meaning Trans Visibility Day Eve is not a thing. Uh, this writer is trying to make it seem like it was this huge slap in the face that this bill passed on uh, March 31st. Odds are the legislators behind it did not even know that it was around. I certainly didn't. Uh, before we go any further, though, I do want to let you all know about Brick House. So unless you plan on self-isolating forever, the fact is you are going to need to be around people again. And one of the best ways to avoid getting sick is a healthy immune system all year round, which is why you should be taking Field of Greens from Brick House Nutrition. One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which boosts energy and supports a healthy immune system. If you're out of shape and don't eat healthy, your risk is higher. It's as simple as that. So Field of Greens is here for those people uh, who maybe are having a little bit of a rougher time right now, especially being locked up. Plus, a diet of fruits and vegetables can reduce your risk of heart disease, hypertension, stroke, and even cancer. A Field of Greens is prebiotic, probiotic, and a great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir, and you are done. It's an easy way to make sure you're getting everything your body needs day to day. Right now, save 15% off your first order with the offer code Lauren at BrickHouseLauren.com. That's BrickHouseLauren.com. Subscribe and save an extra 10% every single month. Turn your body into a brick house with Field of Greens. Again, that's BrickHouseLauren.com. That is BrickHouseLauren.com. So something you'll have noticed in that little piece that we read is that this person claims that this bill would subject even biological females to invasive genital probing, uh, which sounds very scary. So even if you're not in favor of trans women participating in sports against biological females, maybe just from hearing that you'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. Sounds fishy. Uh, turns out that's a pretty uncharitable interpretation of what the bill actually says. And we have it here. According to what's written, it says, quote, if disputed, a student may establish sex by presenting a signed physician statement that shall include the student's sex based solely on internal and external reproductive anatomy, normal endogenously produced levels of testosterone, and an analysis of the student's genetic makeup. Okay, so in this Teen Vogue piece, it makes it sound like if someone 
uh, or no, pretty much anyone who wants to compete on a f- a female sports team just has to have the head coach who head coach whoever uh, lift up their skirts and take a poke around. That's not what's going to happen if there is a dispute. Uh, about the person's sex. So this is not going to uh, apply to everybody. This will not affect most, the vast majority of people. But if there is a dispute, the the athlete in question can go to a doctor, their own doctor, right? It, it, they get to choose and the doctor will conduct a physical exam. To me, that sounds very reasonable. But if, if you're still someone who says, no, this is too invasive, keep in mind that uh, when it comes to athletic competitions, there is good precedent for this type of testing, right? Uh, urine tests, blood tests, it's very common for athletes uh, who are competing to have to submit these types of things to uh, governing bodies to ensure that they're not doping or taking something that would give them an advantage. Uh, For example, actually, the USDA, which monitors the UFC's uh, competitions, they can send an employee to a competitor's house in the middle of the night and demand that they pee in a container while being supervised if they wanted to. That's how strict some of the monitoring is. So this this is not a a crazy thing that this bill is, is suggesting. Um, And actually, on the the notion of fairness, the article continues. So I decided to fight for myself and for all the trans and intersex student athletes across Idaho, as well as for all the Idaho girls and women athletes who shouldn't be subject to invasive sex verification exams in order to play school sports. All right, again, that's not what this bill says. And if this person actually really did care about the sanctity of girl and women's sports in Idaho and just, I don't know, their ability to play they would be removing themselves from competition, right? And it's 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 a hard conversation to have, but that's the truth. They wouldn't be competing against these girls that they know they have a biological advantage over. So excuse me if I kind of doubt how sincere this person's care is. They finish by saying that there is so much misinformation and misunderstanding about trans people and trans athletes, particularly the misconception that we are men and somehow taking spots away from women. But trans women are women. We have been competing in high school, college, and elite competition consistent with our gender identity for years, and there is no evidence of dominance by transgender athletes at any level of sport. That is a blatant lie. All right, that is 100% completely not true. And uh, th- this person also alleges that it's discriminatory based on sex to have these rules. The whole notion that men and women shouldn't compete in sports together is discrimination based on sex. But the reason why we largely accept it is that if there were no separation between men and women competing in sports, men would dominate everything. Right. The only reason that the sexes compete differently is to give women a chance. But allowing trans women to compete against biological females completely invalidates that. All right. And we can see this by the fact that there are a a number of trans athletes who are just dominating in, in, in women's sports, uh, we have this from Wired. Transgender athletes are having a moment. At all levels of sport, they're stepping onto the podium and into the headlines. New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard won two gold medals at the Pacific Games, and college senior CeCe Telfer became the N- 
NCAA Division II national champion in the 400-meter run. Another senior, June Eastwood, has been instrumental to her cross-country team success. Success at the high school level, Terry Miller won the girls' 200-meter dash at Connecticut State Open Championship track meet. In addition, we also a while ago did a, an entire video about Caster Semenya, the intersex South African runner who was just dominating her competitions. We've also covered before Rachel McKinnon, a transgender cyclist who won the UCI Masters Track Cycling World Championship uh, in the women's 35 to 44 age range bracket and just the idea that oh no what are you what are you talking about trans women they're not they're not having a leg up they're not completely taking spots from when they are they are taking spots from women and we actually saw not too long ago that there are some high school girls who are actually trying to sue the school uh, to get these other athletes out of their competition because it's not fair for them. And I, I, I support them. Uh, additionally, the whole idea of the, the issue of why don't we just let the trans athletes go on hormone blockers for a year and then compete. That does not take away the advantage that they have as biological males. And in fact, HB 500 cites a study that suggests that trans women still retain much of their strength even after going on hormone blockers for an entire year. Uh, you know, hormone blockers, they just don't change. For example, things like bone structure, which have already been developed. But there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of evidence to say that it it doesn't get rid of the innate advantage these trans athletes have. And I know this is a tricky subject because everyone wants to seem unbiased, but the fact is competing in sports is not a human right. And if I were a trans activist, I would not be trying to paint this issue as the metric by which we can gauge whether trans people have or have not been accepted by society because it's just it's going to be a losing battle. I very much believe that trans people should be uh, treated kindly, uh, with respect, the way you would anyone else. I don't think they should be subject to mockery or anything like that. But to say that we have to ignore biological realities in order to treat them fairly, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, this is an ongoing debate. This Idaho bill has been controversial. We've seen other states try to suggest bills like this. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, we're going to be hearing about this issue for, I think, years to come. And in my opinion, uh, it, it is good to see that people are finally starting to speak out against this. But that's pretty much all I have to say for now and in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, I would love to hear what you think. Are you going to be shedding any tears uh, for Vice's layoffs? And where do you fall on the whole trans athlete debate? Let me know. But that is it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.